Today on the show, the competition heats up. We hear from B2B growth marketer Chris Walker on why he ignores the competition. But should this always be the way? We have the data to answer just that. Today on Recur Now. From my remote setup, it's Abby Sullivan on Tuesday, May 19th, a beautiful day to subscribe. Up first, a glance at your B2B SaaS index. Today's SaaS index is giving me some life, as I hope it does the same for you. We're seeing positive numbers across the map with a 1.03% change in the overall index as it stood over the last week. MRR gain, namely upgrades and new revenue, and MRR loss, in other words churn, are both in the positive percent change realms, which is exactly what we want to see. As always, I am sending you my very best and hope that daily index check-ins are making it, if even just a bit, easier to make the tough growth decisions. Up next, what are B2B SaaS pros talking about today? Chris Walker, CEO over at Refine Labs, the full-stack marketing agency, says he became a way better marketer six years ago when he stopped focusing on the competition. Analyzing your competitors' activities, by definition, puts you behind, not ahead, he writes in a post on LinkedIn. Because if you're watching your competitors' published content or their messaging or their marketing activities, they've already researched, planned, launched, and if they're smart, learned. He says the mindset of watching competitors was built long ago, and that world no longer exists. We can collect customer data quickly, easily, and inexpensively. We can iterate on products rapidly. We have more marketing performance and engagement data than we know what to do with. And our ProfitWell crew studied 2,500 subscription companies to ask this very question, should you focus on your competition? And the data is interesting. Not only is the number of competitors rising, when we explore marketing data, it turns out some level of competitive focus does work. Customer acquisition cost is roughly 15% lower for companies with a competitive focus, which includes comparison pages, competitive ads, and the like. When done well, the data suggests that competitive comparisons can actually help buyers make a decision because they're already doing research in a competitive market. So it stands to reason that you should help them with their research and respectfully show the difference between you and your competitors. However, product is a whole different issue where those companies with a competitive product strategy are actually doing worse from a customer satisfaction perspective, as measured through Net Promoter Score. These competitive-focused product teams are seeing roughly 50% lower NPS scores compared to their non-competitive-focused counterparts. And note that this trend has remained consistent over the past number of years. So, should you focus on your competition? It's hard to say. You never want to do anything that sacrifices product quality, and the data we uncovered suggests that companies who are focused on competition presumably are good at lowering their CAC, but not so great at defending their NPS. Another possible outcome is that these companies aren't disciplined enough to focus on competition in the right places and ignore the competition in others. Like most cliches, this comes down to your situation and your discipline. But I will link to all graphs and data cuts from our experiment in your subscriber newsletter, so you can check them out for yourself. I'm also curious to hear your thoughts. Are you measuring up against your competitors, or are you laser-focused on the customer? Perhaps the two aren't mutually exclusive. You can reach me at abby at profitwell.com to discuss. And in the name of hyper-focus on the customer, I found a piece written by Azora Area Vice President Philippe Van Hove about the idea of leading service first. We've been talking a lot on the show about the effects of being product-led. So this piece piqued my interest in juxtaposition, developing, producing, and selling. It's a classic model for many companies, Philippe writes. At Schneider Electric, though, this business model has been undergoing a fundamental change for several years now. 
Instead of product first, the motto is service first, with the customer result at the core. Online communication, cloud solutions, artificial intelligence, blockchain, and the Internet of Things are the main technological drivers contributing to digitization in our society, Philippe writes. It has an impact on business models in most industries and is leading to a rethink. The flexible use of products and services is often at the forefront today, with offerings in which monetization is achieved through additional digital services, flexible subscription models, or pay-per-use. We know this development began in the software and media industries, but is now incredibly widespread. For these industries, the shift to new business models has been comparatively easy, as these are offerings that are digital from the outset and can, therefore, be easily distributed. The example of Schneider Electric, though, proves that such new business models can also work for manufacturers of physical products. Just another way the subscription model is not stopping at SaaS. It's permeating virtually every industry. And in a post-COVID-19 world, more services may just adopt the model we know and love. If you're intrigued to read Philippe's take in full, check your subscriber newsletter for a link to the article. And now we hear from two of our own in a segment we call Protect the Hustle, B-Side. Today, Neil and Patrick discuss losses, starting with the reopening of the country and the influx of misinformation that surrounds this plan of attack. All right, how about losses, Neil? Give me a loss. All right, so I think I'm going to have to go with still all of the misinformation and confusion around like our response to, to COVID, right? You see people on Twitter using masks with holes in them because it's easier to breathe that way. Um, people still won't, you know. Wait, won't. people, someone said, someone cut a hole in their mask yeah. so it was easier to, oh. oh. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, okay. So you have that going on, right? I mean, we're getting to a point now where even Boston is enforcing mask or face coverings, right, in, in places where you can't socially distance. So, and then there's all the, you know, re- when should we reopen? Are we really flattening the curve? Does it matter? Et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, I think this is something that we see constantly, but folks not really understanding what the data means and uh, having a, you know, responsible public health official response. So I think that's my mm. that's my loss of the week is ongoing confusion and chaos with um, well, how it's we also, response. It's also this whole miscommunication around flatten the curve doesn't mean zero cases. Yeah. It just meant that we're trying to flatten out the cases like the area under the curve, the flat curve and the spike curve is the same area. Uh, so that's, that, that's what, what's been interesting. And I don't know, I can't, part of me wants to be like, yeah, this is a huge loss, but also I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, I can't imagine being in a situation where you're trying to communicate this and trying to get yeah. people to understand. And then ultimately trying to get people to not do dumb things. I think, I think for the vast majority of folks, they're being smart, um, especially if they're able to, I mean, we, we've been loosely talking about when the office opens up, but we're in such a position where, you know, we could do this for six months if we really wanted to. Right. For episodes in full, head to protectthehustle.com and click to watch or subscribe. Today's featured user is Mixergy, the podcasters featuring provenly successful entrepreneurs. Have you ever wondered, what do the top startup founders know that you don't? With Mixergy, you really don't have to wonder anymore. You'll discover how to think and take action like they do, straight from the founders themselves. Mixergy has interviews and courses with over 1,500 entrepreneurs, including the founders of Pixar, Groupon, LinkedIn, and Wikipedia. They have interviews, courses, and collections you can start digging into ASAP. I will link to access in your subscriber newsletter. That's a wrap for your Tuesday episode. More for you here tomorrow.
As a reminder, we launched a weekly version of Recur Now, an abbreviated newsletter with the best in each week's news. If you want in on that instead of your daily version, reply to me at abby at profitwell.com and I'll get you on that list. This has been a Recur Studios production, the fastest growing subscription network out there. If you find use for this show, subscribe for more like it at profitwell.com slash recur. 